Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. If state regulators get behind the plan, sometime soon, down at the southern end of the Central Valley, batches of genetically modified mosquitoes will be released into the wild. They'll be part of a test to reduce the prevalence of the nasty, disease-carrying kind of mosquito, which has been spreading northwards. We'll discuss the merits and the ethics of the GM mosquitoes. But first, we'll get an update from Lily Jamali about the latest PG&E settlement over wildfires. That's all next, after this news. Welcome to Forum, I'm Alexis Madrigal. There's a new PG&E settlement this one reached with district attorneys in the North Bay. The $55 million that PG&E will pay victims and community groups will settle the criminal case that the company faced for its role in the Dixie and Kincaid fires. Here to explain the new settlement, we've got former KQED staffer, now star marketplace reporter, Lily Jamali. Welcome back, Lily. (laughs) What an introduction. (laughs) Thanks, Alexis. Um, So I gave the barest details, but tell us about what's in this settlement that's been reached. Yeah, so these are two separate deals that were, from what I can understand, jointly negotiated. There was a lot of coordination between the district attorney in Sonoma County, Jill Ravitch, and five district attorneys in the North State. So uh, those counties include Shasta and Butte counties. Um, And those were the places affected by the Dixie Fire. And bottom line here is that PG&E is due to pay about $55 million in fines and penalties. Some of that money is going to go to the counties. As civil fines, a couple million will go to local groups, charities, and whatnot that work on fire issues. I think the pieces of this deal, and there are many, many pieces uh, to these to these negotiated settlements um, that the district attorneys are most proud of are, one, PG&E as part of this has to hire at least 80 new wildfire safety positions in these regions of California. So these are people who would work on vegetation management and inspections. That's important. And then there's also um, this uh, provision that would fund an independent safety monitor. Kind of funny to think about PG&E funding its own independent safety monitor. Maybe we can come back to that. (laughs) Uh, But they're going to be doing that for five years while this judgment is in effect. Big picture, I think, you know, the big criticism uh, that a lot of uh, Californians have, I was seeing it all over social media yesterday, um, was that PG&E ostensibly has just paid its way out of facing criminal charges. 
they avoid charges altogether in the Dixie fire. They have charges in the Kincaid fire, which were brought last year, dismissed. Both of these fires were ones that Cal Fire determined were caused by PG&E. So you got to think these prosecutors had the wind at their backs a little bit in that sense. And all of this is coming at a time when PG&E just got off of federal felony probation after five years. So why'd they make the deal? You know, this is a really great question. And I think that um, there's so many pieces to that, uh, to the answer to that. I, I was very struck by something that I saw in the press release from the North State District Attorneys. There was a comment in there, I'm going to read it to you if you don't mind, where the district attorneys say they decided to pursue the Dixie Fire as a civil prosecution rather than a criminal prosecution to, quote, maximize the return to the fire victim rather than to seek criminal penalties. And I tweeted about this yesterday, saying uh, a bit tongue-in-cheek here, that the DAs are saying the quiet part out loud. Um, You know, the district attorneys, I think, did feel frustrated. They brought this uh, settlement together with, um, you know, a pretty difficult hand dealt to them in the first place. The maximum criminal fine they could get taking that, you know, prosecutorial route was in, at least in the North state was about $330,000. So they're basically mm-hmm. making a trade-off here, deciding uh, not to hold PG&E criminally accountable uh, in exchange for trying to get money into the hands of wildfire victims more quickly. You got to understand there are a whole host of wildfire litigation attorneys that are now in the mix in these communities that are part of these conversations now. Um, one of them is Jerry Singleton, who District Attorney Jill Ravitch mentioned, this is an attorney who was also very involved in the bankruptcy settlement uh, negotiated in 2020, um, which I think most fire victims you ask from the 2015 to 2018 era will say is an absolutely broken settlement that has Mm. been really tough on people. Um, And so you have some of these same actors involved in these Hmm. conversations as well. You know, KQED News caught up with Sonoma County District Attorney Jill Ravitch yesterday who defended the sentiment. Let's just listen into what she said. There are those who will say that PG&E bought its way out of a criminal prosecution. We hope those people will look at the potential outcome of a conviction and weigh it against this judgment. We also hope that the politicians in Sacramento pass meaningful legislation that gives us tools we need to hold large corporations accountable. That second part of what she said, first part is kind of what you were just talking about. The second part, though, about Sacramento giving them the tools they need. What, what do they mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I asked Jill Ravitch about this as well. And, um, you know, I think two things stood out to me. One is that, as I mentioned, you know, the maximum fine that they could get out of PG&E um, was below what they were able to negotiate in these settlements. And so I think part of it is, you know, help giving them more options to get more money uh, if they are able to successfully criminally prosecute a company like PG&E. So, Matt, you know, bringing up the allowable fines there. You might remember in the in the campfire case, uh, the Paradise Fire, uh, Paradise and Surrounding Communities, um, the ultimate fine, PG&E pleaded guilty to 85 counts, including 84 involuntary manslaughter counts, the maximum fine they got out of PG&E for that was $3.5 million, mm-hmm. plus, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars more in administrative fees, I believe. So altogether, $4 million for, you know, a fire that killed 
85 people. And I think, you know, Jill Ravitch said to me, that didn't sound like justice to her. Um, you know, I think she wanted to do better than that. Um, but when, you know, the, the maximum fines are what they are. So that's one piece of this. And I think there's also um, an issue around, you know, how much pressure is put on these prosecutors in terms of proving liability. Um, they have to be able to prove that the misconduct was willful. And I think that's a bar that I think she, for one, would like to see lowered. Um, that might be what she's referring to as well in the context of what the mm -hmm. legislature I was really struck in speaking with her on the phone yesterday and hearing her press conference and reading the press release all over the place. She's talking about how the attorney general was approached uh, for help. You know, these prosecutors went to attorney general Rob Bonta's office and asked if he would lend a hand if, uh, if that office would participate in these prosecutions and the AG's office declined. And I think there's also this sense that there isn't a lot of help from the state in that sense, from an office that has a lot more resources than they do to help mm -hmm. bring these forward. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. We're talking about a new $55 million settlement with PG&E over its role in the Dixie and Kincaid wildfires with Lily Jamali, senior reporter at Marketplace and former co-host of the California Report on KQED. What questions do you have? We're only going to be talking about this for a few minutes. you got to get your calls in quick. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. couple comments coming in already. Shane tweets, uh, is the settlement bigger or smaller than PG&E CEO salary? Uh, and let's bring in uh, our first caller, Will, in Santa Rosa. Welcome, Will. Thanks very much. Um, I had a, a question and a comment. So I, I sat in uh, on the Kincaid Fire case and listened to a very long list of uh, felony charges and uh, had heard expert witnesses testifying to a number of different problems. And I'm also... Um, a, a party in the wildfire mitigation plan proceeding in front of the CPUC, and it appears it's the California Public Utilities Commission still, for those out there. Yeah. Yes, thank you, and 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 those issues are still unaddressed in their wildfire mitigation plans. And part of this is trying to understand the connections between the settlement and how PG&E will be held to account for safety, and also how victims are going to be uh, made whole who had to evacuate the area. And essentially what PG&E received in terms of the settlement seems no more than community service. And so um, what the DA pointed out in terms of having uh, more equity and more tools for what they can do to uh, prosecute 
corporate crimes is really important because individuals would never have gotten this type of deal. And so uh, closing that gap is really important. Thanks. Well, Lily, uh, appreciate your uh, comment there. Lily Jamal, do you want to uh, pick up on anything that, uh, that Will said there? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of questions to be answered um, about this independent safety monitor. When I talked to DA Ravitch yesterday, I asked her about this because it's a five-year term and ostensibly it's there to replace Uh, the federal felony probation that just wrapped up. That was initially, it stemmed from the San Bruno pipeline um, explosion Mm -hmm. case. And it sort of morphed into Judge William Alsup overseeing PG&E on wildfire mitigation over time. Um, And with that over, and really the U.S. attorney um, declining to even ask for an extension of that probation, uh, it's not entirely clear why there was reticence to do so. Um, I think this is sort of a, you know, replacement option is this independent safety monitor that's kind of run through the district attorney's offices, but is actually outsourced to a private firm that you see pop up again and again uh, when you see any sort of lucrative consulting work involving PG&E. It's a company called Filsinger Energy Partners, which um, seems to have a fairly, uh, friendly relationship with the governor's office and some of the people in his office. Um, You know, this was a question that was brought up at the press conference in Sonoma County yesterday. Someone asked, you know, how did you pick them? And PG&E said that this was a firm that was used by the federal monitor in PG&E's probation, uh, which just ended. But, you know, you see them there, you see them having a role, a big consulting gig in the ending of the bankruptcy as well. And so you kind of have to wonder if this is a company that's already been very involved and we are where we are (laughs) right now, um, how well are they doing at this? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's something that certainly deserves a little bit more probing. Um, The answer that the DA's office gave was because they had done so many other, you know, basically they had experience. um, That's why they, they were chosen, but you know, of the company itself, and it gives you pause. few more uh, listener comments coming in. One listener writes, uh, who do you think pays for this? The consumer, that's who, as far as I can deduce, PG&E will pass it on to us. A listener tweets, make sure to remind everyone that no PG&E settlement fund should be funded with PG&E stock with our coming wildfire season pretty much the rest of the year. Additional PG&E caused wildfires could again cause a drop in value of PG&E shares. And Margaret tweets, I am just done with this company continuing to get away with all this. And as we watch how fast Dixie Fire gets paid out, campfire survivors are still waiting. As always, Lily Jamali, senior reporter at Marketplace Now, is the person to follow on these things. She's the former co-host of the California Report, and she joined us this morning to talk about this new $55 million settlement uh, for PG&E's role in the Dixie and Kincaid wildfires. Thanks for coming back, Lily. Thank you, Alexis. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, 
June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.